Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. So this week we thought it would be fun to kind of um, bookend our conversation about opening lines by talking about closing lines and closing chapters, endings of books, and just kind of the different ways that you can do that. I think endings, I was just watching, I think it was Dan Brown's masterclass that he was talking about how opening lines sell your book and closing lines sell your next book. I love um, it. And I just, I thought that was so good. Like, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Like closing lines and the end of a book is what gets people to tell their friend about the book. It's what gets yes. people to be like, I want to read their next book. I want to read everything they've ever written. You know, like in so many ways, I think how you end the book kind of determines whether people will pick up your next one or whether they'll tell their friends. And so it is really important. That's hard. I feel like endings are so much harder than beginnings. Like I think it's true. And do you, can I read the Pixar rule that we yeah. actually... So this one stuck with me then significantly. So one of the Pixar storytelling rules is actually, seriously, endings are hard. Get yours working up front. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a prescriptive answer for every single human being who writes. Mm -hmm. For me, that has been very effective, is having an ending, not a specific ending written, but having a destination. Sure. And I'm one of those people that could spiral and like go on a giant bunny trail. If I don't have that destination in mind, yeah. I get off target very easily and could just wander over here and like do all this stuff that's not necessary so for me it keeps me almost like an arrow pointing this is your direction that you're going and then anything that I write after going through it and I get to my ultimate destination yeah. I get that firmed up I can then clear the path so yeah. that it's a little cleaner but for me having some form of a destination in mind either of I know my character's starting here, so I want to see a change, so I want this to be the change, even if I don't know what it looks like. Um, any of that is helpful to me. That totally makes sense. I think a, a lot of authors talk about like how an ending has to be inevitable um, yes. and surprising. Like It has to be have that sense that like this is the only end that, make, that will work, <laughs> um, yeah. and also kind of surprise the reader. And I think like to get both those things, you kind of have to know, maybe you don't know up front exactly where you're going. At the very least, you have to yes. edit for the ending once you have the ending, you know, like Absolutely. you have to be able to kind of plant those things in the story that make it totally inevitable and make it feel like this is the only way this could end. And also hide the things that you don't want the reader to realize. Absolutely. So it has that little bit of surprise. I think um, yeah. like the Divergent series comes to mind yes. to me for that. Like that ending... I mean, I sobbed for like an hour. Absolutely. <laughs> I that book and through like the last couple chapters, it was just so, it hit me so hard. But it also felt like there is no other way this would work. It had to end. Absolutely. Like this was ultimately like, this is the, the culmination of everything that's happened to this character's story. And maybe before we get too far, I should just say like, we are definitely going to have spoilers in this episode Absolutely. because I don't know that it would be as helpful if we didn't actually talk about what happened. Yes. But, but her dying like felt like, that like even going back to some of the things she said about herself at the very beginning of the, th the three books you're like 
oh yeah, this Absolutely. is what that looks like. This is where that goes. And she couldn't have made any other choice. Yeah. This had to end this way and, and all of that. And yet there's still like little moments in there where you kind of hope she won't and where it's kind of surprising in some ways, like not shocking, surprising, but like, it is. I didn't it, know be- because it's a, it's a like bridge to Terabithia moment. Um, it is the like, oh, this can happen in the story world yeah. because you're so used to stories not doing it, They're, them yeah. teasing with it, and then not you know going through with it. Yes. She's from abnegation, like yeah. she, her parents, and the sacrifices they make, and the choices. I think for me, like. It resonated as well. I cried a lot. It felt right, authentic, the sacrifice for someone that she loves who maybe didn't even deserve it at that point. But that's the point. Like, 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 you look at the story and you're like, oh my goodness. It's a beautiful story in that it looks at humanity and says like, well, we're really none of us deserve, you know, the sacrifices. And yet, someone you love makes a sacrifice for you and you make a sacrifice for someone you love. And we're all imperfect in that. I love, so there's actually a great article, which I'll be linking in. The whole reason why I wanted to do this episode was I read her article on, I killed off my main character and do I regret it? And she actually brings up all of why she did. Yeah. And that she had the idea early on, but she tried out a bunch of different endings she tried to see what would work and it was the only one that fit and she was yeah. so she thought that a lot of readers would see it coming very clearly and she felt like she had actually had been it like not subtle enough in setting it up like like they would see it coming at, but she was a little surprised that there was such an uproar yeah. I agree that it is perfection written just as it is well and and what i think is so also so good about that ending is not only not only what she did but how she did it Mm. like that she didn't just i I also love that she didn't just end it there like that you get to see four afterwards and you get to see him struggling with that grief you also still it still gave the reader i mean i don't want to say a happy ending but there was some hope in that ending that yes. I think is so important. Like if we hadn't had that, it would have been very unsatisfying, even if it felt inevitable. Yes. And I think hope even from a, like a relationship perspective where there's so much of that forgiveness and that, you know, that acceptance of the imperfections in the, in the ones that we love. Yeah. And there's also kind of like a, you know, boundary setting element to it, but also like the, especially because it deals with abuse. But I think that having those relationships not just be burnt to the ground, like they're not all abandoned. There is hope for the future and there's hope for change. And I think stories need to signal that to people. Like it needs to signal that to me that like there's hope that tomorrow we can make a better choice and tomorrow we can do a different thing. And I strongly like from a, you know, just perspective, like I have to believe that. And I think that having a book that so openly showed that really, it was refreshing and I was here for it. Yeah. And I think I'm finding that that is like, I love happy endings, but even more than a happy ending, what I want at the end is hope. Like, yes, 
even if it's a little bit vague or a little unclear. I mean, Mexican Gothic comes to mind. Do you mind um, if I read it? Yeah, go ahead. I, and spoiler alert, <laughs> if you haven't read the book, please do. <laughs> um, it's like, it, yeah, but I, I like the end. The future, she thought, could not be predicted, and the shape of things could not be divined. To think otherwise was absurd. But they were young that morning, and they could cling to hope, hope that the world could be remade, kinder and sweeter. So she kissed him a second time for luck. When he looked at her again, his face was filled with such an, an extraordinary gladness. And the third time she kissed him, it was for love. I like that for the same reason that I like Allegiance, that there is hope for change. Like it's a very, yeah. you know, it's a family legacy of abuse and just manipulation to such a horrific degree that the thought that someone could break free of that and yeah. could do the work of seeing the possibilities in the world, of seeing the possibilities of disconnecting from that experience, not ignoring it, not yeah. <laughs> pretending it never happened, but healing parts of you from it. Um, I, I just thought that that yeah. was an important message to share. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think, though, if she had had it as a certainty as like a certainty yes. of like good things to come and everything's all hunky-dory and happy ending now <laughs> like because oh yeah we destroyed the evil good bad guy like it, it would have felt unrealistic and like it would have I think damaged all the story that had come before that and all the like it, it would have negated almost all the trauma that had come before that absolutely and, it wouldn't have rung true yeah and I think if she had left off hope or like had nothing joyous afterwards, it would have been a really depressing read. <laughs> probably never want to read anything of hers again. You're like, why are we doing this? Yeah. But it was perfect. Like, what? I mean, and and that's yeah. I think what the inevitable, but you know, surprising. But sometimes it's like this is the chord that the book has been saying throughout, and it's just the final resolution of that chord. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes. When books like end on a chord that feels discordant in a way that doesn't fit with the rest of the novel, I think that's a disconnect between your setups or like your tone. You know, it can be surprising. Yeah. It can be a twist, but if if it doesn't feel like the ending fits with the tone of the book, if you've been signaling that it's going to be some type of book, and then all of a sudden you end like completely out of nowhere, I think maybe even checking with beta readers for that of saying yeah. the like did it jive with the rest of the story potentially yeah. like did it feel like the you know seeds were laid out for it so that the end wasn't jarring from a tonal perspective yeah. it can be jarring from a story perspective that's perfectly fine <laughs> can you think of any examples of that of when it's like seriously jarring yeah Oh, um, I mean, I think the end, like I mentioned the Maze Runner before, I think the end of the first Maze Runner is decently jarring. Actually, uh, Rebecca is an example of Daphne, the Moriarty's Rebecca, because it actually ends. So like the beginning is the person telling the story is in the future. And at the end, it's to me a little surprising because the end is... In the past, I actually won't read it, but it ends in the past where the incident just is seen. Um, and I, 
she might be doing it in kind of a circular story type. We yeah. already know what the end result of that is, but we don't get to see like what happened within that, which the movies um, fill us in on that. And even like the reason for why it gives us more information. When I get to that ending though, that just breaks off in the past, it always yeah. makes me feel a little just odd because the person has been speaking to you from the right. future like until then. So that's always been a little odd. And I guess, you know, when you look at the, like some of the Victoria Aveyard's ones past Red Queen were. Yeah. Her, her uh, series ending felt dissatisfying to me. For sure. and, well, and I would say like, it felt like it left off before the story ended yes. if that made sense yes. or that it should have ended earlier and another book should have taken up that part of the story like I, I don't know which is true but that it felt that way to me and that's that's just my personal preference yeah I also think though that there's some books I'm not trying to have a go at Stephanie Meyer um but yeah. Breaking Dawn it is one of those that I was I was reading I knew that there was going to be a resolution that appeared to be a little too neat based on the number of pages I had left. So as I was reading it, I kind of was like, is this the last one? And I even looked it up. And I think I can appreciate where the end came from, but it did feel almost like doing a machina, like it was the God of the Machine that it kind of came together almost a little too neatly or maybe it just didn't explore it enough it felt jarring in a way that was uncomfortable to me yeah. I guess yeah Do, can you think of any that like where the the tone shifted in a way that was kind of not necessarily the tone so yeah. much but I definitely think like I can think of examples of ones that left me unsatisfied um, yes and sometimes I'm not even sure why. Well, I mean, we've talked about this. I, and I won't say too much about them because I know you haven't read all of them, but I love Maggie Steve Otter. Like, I love her writing style. I absolutely adore it. Like, Raven Boys was, I loved it. Every bit of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Scorpio Races, all of it. Like, I, I've loved everything I've ever read of hers. But all of her books, the endings have felt, I felt just like a little, like, oh, is that it? Like, wait, yeah. not more pages? Like, um, <laughs> And it's not like, and, and what's been interesting is that I don't think it's a tone change. And I don't think it's that what, like, what happens at the end and the climax always, like, is exactly, like, feels right. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'm right with you. But there's something in that, um, what is it called after the climax? The denunciation. Yeah, the falling action type Yeah, of yeah. Action? There's, like, a term for it, too. Like, but, yeah, I mean, falling action also is. But, like, something in that. In oh, the denouement? Like yeah, that? the denouement. Um, I, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Like that always feels a little unsatisfying to me. And I'm not sure what it is. Cause usually I think it's almost the way she does it. Isn't what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's just, I think it's also probably personal preference of some sort. Yes. This doesn't hit quite right what I'm wanting, but well, and I think sometimes like Scorpio races, the ending was, it was beautiful, but I personally wanted, there was like, a conversation I wanted to happen yeah. or to see between two characters that just like never happened. And I like, it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I don't know. Well, I know in animal dreams, we had that 
conversation yeah. as well that there's an entire sequence that you get why it couldn't happen written out on the page but you I still wanted it to the point that yeah. I actually like imagined it in, like totally she she wraps it up in like a paragraph and I yeah. like made it happen in my head where I'm like it was it was like a, and it probably would have changed the whole feel of that ending if she had yes. done it but I still like I loved the character that the scene would have been with and yeah. I would have loved to have seen that and I loved his change throughout the the book as well so it was one of those things that I was like yeah disappointed I guess yeah <laughs> even though I love the book sometimes I think too like maybe some of what I'm wanting sometimes from a Maggie Steve Otter book is that the, the scene, the ending scene doesn't feel any different than any of the scenes that came hmm. before, if that makes sense yeah. in some ways. Like sometimes it just feels like another scene and I want an ending scene to feel like not yeah. so different that it's discordant, like you were talking about, but different yeah. enough, like a period or like an exclamation point or like this yeah. is finished. Like it's, <laughs> it's a resonating, like, I feel like there should be a little slightly larger meal in that Yes. final moment yes that it's just you know that that's why your readers have been sticking around with you right and maybe maybe just override it a little like yes. not like not self-indulgently no but, but I want like that you know I want that last line to ring a little bit a little it was interesting because when I finished Mockingjay and I actually mm -hmm. I like this series an awful lot. Mockingjay was a really tough book just that in general. That is another one though. Yeah. That I wanted a I, little more from the ending. I wanted a little more, just a tiny yeah. bit. Like, and, but it was beautiful. I, I loved yeah. the ending. I even loved the like coming back in and seeing in the future. Like yeah. I love those things. I wanted a little bit more of like the Katniss and Peta growing back yes. together, like seeing that in real life. I, I love totally the book. I totally agree. Though. The outcome was exactly what I wanted. Yes. But I didn't get to see everything that I wanted to see. Like I wanted some conversations. There were a couple of conversations I wanted between them in particular that I didn't, we didn't yes. get. And to get even just a little more of what their relationship would be, which I, yes. I think would have been good and healthful and, you know, beneficial even to setting that. I, yes. You know, sometimes you're like, I wonder if some of the backlash is just because it was one that, you know, it followed like the rules of like, finish it up, like your yeah. climax is over, the clock's ticking. But it was one that I think taking a little more time, seeing yeah. a little more of that, I actually like read fan fiction and I did not read fan fiction before that. It was one that inspired me to like seek out stories of people like showing some of those things, which fan fiction has a lot of cool stuff out there. So I'm like, about some cool stuff. But <laughs> it, it is interesting how like that, I almost kind of went back to the book multiple times, like hoping that it gave me something that it didn't have. But having said that, I absolutely was here for the ending. I loved the memory book yeah, that yeah. made me cry no, I... and the entire Buttercup scene, like... <laughs> That's just, it, it was done so well, but it, even like killing off Prim felt so right with what had come before. And it's, you know, it's tragic. It's a gut punch. But even like going back to, as we talked about it in the openers, the very beginning is about Prim. Like yeah. the very beginning of it is about having that when I wake up, the other side of my of the bed is cold, and she's stretching out her fingers to prim, and it's one of those things that I think that opening, that opening image actually, and all that she does throughout it, you have to see what would happen 
if she loses Prim, like it's almost like, it's not that it's required, but it's, it's almost inevitable because of those things. And I, I think that's one that really resonates with that. Do you mind if I talk about another death in a in a book yeah. that I think have? I mean, this one. This is a spoiler they, episode. Absolutely, this one. If they haven't read it, then I don't know. Um, so in Harry Potter, <laughs> yeah, my entire like as I'm reading it, I like in my gut knew it was going to be him because it's like there's a chapter in in the um. The Order of the Phoenix, where it's like the only wizard that Voldemort ever feared. Like, there's that moment. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's he's going to be gone. Like, yeah. I just realized that he's standing yeah. in the way. He's standing in between them. And he's going to have to die. Like, all of a sudden, yeah, I had this, like, really this, yeah. <laughs> like, weird sense. And I'm like, no, maybe you're wrong. Maybe, maybe you're <laughs> totally wrong. And then when it came out that she was going to kill off a major character, I'm like, as I'm reading through, I'm just prepping myself. <laughs> but I think like, again, it was, but it was the right I, choice. Absolutely. It was the right choice. From a story perspective, you, he has to stand in that place with no one in between them. Yeah. And it was absolutely the right choice. Even though I thought it was coming, like I still was like hoping yeah. that the cup would pass by um, <laughs> quite, quite literally, I guess. It was also like, she did it in a way that I think was very honoring to the character. Yeah. But I think killing off a character, you do have to get to that difficult point. I think as readers, I think it's important that we understand that, that, there are points when, unfortunately, no matter how beloved a character is or, you know, yeah. or isn't, I mean, <laughs> it's not just for beloved characters. Sometimes it's just that the story requires it. Like, yeah. it absolutely is necessary for the narrative to go where it needs to go. It's true. As I was doing some of the research for this, I actually watched a really great video essay on the return of the king uh -huh. and the ending of that book slash film and the choices made I, the book for me as much as i love it is like one of those where you're like get there quicker like almost, yeah yeah <laughs> through the through most of the book i'm i'm as like, yeah. even as i reread it i'm like get quicker but the the movie i think it does a really great job of stripping out some of those things but still there's what's known as audience fatigue where the plot has climaxed and yet the story hasn't wrapped yet and it has like four endings that tie all the different narratives together and throughout that you see frodo not yet reach his ending until he gets onto the boat going to the gray havens and actually he does not really smile like you don't see that sense of peace and ease even though he's destroyed the ring a good 25 minutes before how long it takes he still is going through the end of his story yeah. and as great as that ending is which i love it because i love the story itself yeah. i love the gray haven's choice i mm -hmm. think that that fits well and you have that great moment where you know he tells sam that he can't always be cut in two like he has to be one in whole that sam needs to be and yeah. that frodo does too and it's like this great parting which i really connected with emotionally there were still a lot of audience members who didn't like it because of that disconnect between those two things how long it took to wrap up that mm -hmm. story yeah. so 
there was then the comparison to Star Wars, whereas Star Wars wraps up its plot and its story within seconds of each other. So Luke learns to use the Force, to trust in the Force instead of trusting into technology. And then he is able to shoot and, you know, Uh basically blow up the Death Star. So the plot wraps right as the story is wrapping. So there's not that disconnect. And I think recognizing that some of the choices that we make and how quickly we wrap up certain elements, it could have that unintentional effect of maybe making your reader be like, TikTok, what, how, why is this taking so long to wrap up? Um, especially if it's in a specific genre. Because, you know, I think like a mystery, sometimes you almost like get, you get almost, and I read a lot of mysteries, sometimes you're like overwhelmed by all the answers given in one, like, you know, when the detective has everyone together. Yeah. I, I actually don't prefer that kind of style. That was obviously how some you know they it can still be done well which is actually why knives out chose its very unique story structure to kind of not rely on that giving out of information all towards the end it kind of piecemeals information out um in a really unique way i like mysteries that do that that don't all of a sudden dump all the answers on you at the end you get answers throughout and some of them can make you even doubt some of the characters even more Uh um, because they're hiding certain things but then like having it be more of a logical wrap-up rather than like stringing it out (laughs) or being like five pages of just and then I found out this information and then (laughs) this and you know that's it's not as um engaging I think yeah that's a good point though about like I think you have to kind of know what works for your story and what your readers are going to want like I think when I feel really connected to characters I'm more willing to put up with a longer falling action and a long yeah. like I want even I even want a longer one like I want to see what their life is like afterwards sometimes that when I don't get that then I feel unsatisfied yeah. but I think that the stories that are largely more plot driven like I'm a little more okay with like ending when the plot ends and like okay just the actions of Star Wars you know like okay yes. we're done absolutely <laughs> like, this is... well and with Mockingjay so much of it was internal yes but I think that's why it called for a longer that one. type of ending right. in my in my heart I guess yes. um yes. because of that because of that it wasn't just the plot wrapping up it's all the internal stuff and totally. I, I think for like when it's in series mm-hmm. and it's all this weight of story behind it, I, again, I'll sit through it because I yeah. care. Like, yeah. well, especially with the series, like you've stuck with these characters for three books. Like you really want to know like what's, you know, three books, maybe even more books than that. And you want to know more. And I think with Hunger Games, like you you got some of that, but it just, it didn't feel like enough for, for all that we'd been through with the character. Yes. You just wanted to know more. It, it was like being through an actual war where yeah. you're like, and you've suffered so much loss. I like the idea of everyone getting a curtain call yeah. and people got curtain calls, but they were so super tiny. Yes. Although I do, I, I love the memory book. Yeah. yeah. That no, was I a agree. great choice. There are some choices in there that works really well. Immensely. But- yeah, but some of those relationships and the relationship arcs just needed a little bit more. More closure, I guess. Like yeah. Maybe. 
I fully supported her choice. I would just yeah. like to have seen her choosing it a little more actively, I guess. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm a romantic and I really just wanted to. Like, I, w- I want like, the romance at the end of a book. And just yes. like, if there is a couple that is working towards a romance, I don't want to be cheated of any bit of that. <laughs> I want all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you almost want to be like, author, why do you think I'm here? Like, exactly. <laughs> I like how at least like those things paid off in that you would have Peter's dad with the cookies and it paid off and you would have like the moment of Rue like about to take flight and you know jumping through the trees and it paid off I like that it was very honoring to each of those characters I like that the moments had significance I like that she got the ending that she did. So yeah. I think it's one of those that the ending was right. It was just the execution. Just, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's important to recognize as, as writers, to know that your ending isn't just about what happens, but also how that happens. And your readers are going to want certain things and certain expectations to be met. Absolutely. And maybe even asking at certain times, what setups did you expect to pay off that didn't? Because yeah. I yeah. think that sometimes there's those setups that we unintentionally put into place. I mean, there's the ones that are obviously actively put in, but if there's something unintentional, there might be a setup that you can pay off that you didn't realize that you had. Yeah. Do you mind if I bring out a couple examples of good yeah, yeah. payoffs? So again, uh, The Wrath and the Dawn, mm. one of my favorite sequences is at the beginning with her dad, Jahander, she basically is going to what they both feel is probably her death. Right. And although she has a plan, this is like the last. It's a pretty sketchy plan. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, really, you're like, I think you need to like reevaluate your priorities. <laughs> it works out, but it's like, mm, it, was, it was a little touch and go in places. <laughs> but what's beautiful is as he's saying goodbye he does have some magic and so he's attempting to make this flower bloom with his magic and he actually goes too far and the flower itself it is beautiful for a moment and then it just withers and dies and crumbles apart it's this beautiful scene because you see like this feeling of this father who feels like he's failed her in every way imaginable and then that happens too on top of it and he's just crushed and then you have all that happens in the stories, they go in so many different directions. He has felt so powerless that he is willing to do anything to not feel that anymore and to do everything that he can. He gets lost along the way. And at the end, like he does something terrible. And then all of a sudden that moment with the flower comes back around and he's actually able to heal the character that he's just killed basically it's this beautiful moment of where the vision of the rose comes back around and he's able to with the love that he had heal and basically um the chapter itself is called the power to love he basically takes the the pain on himself and it says pain began to collect in his heart began to blossom into an open wound but it did not hurt not truly not in the slightest. Jahinder began to smile, for here, here was the true power. The power Jahinder had wanted all along. The power to speak without words. The power to love. I loved how that image, that using one's power 
not for oneself, but for a selfless reason. Like there's so many things in that. And it's also just this beautiful image of it coming back around at the end. And it's a, the stories I really enjoyed. I think the wrath and the dawn is actually, it's one of my favorite reads from a character perspective and it takes yeah it takes the all the characters it pays so much attention to arcs Mm -hmm. and that end sequence just how the arcs tie together it's not like a full happy ending you have you have pain and you have loss and it's actually crushing at points but it's just a beautiful resonant and to what's come before yeah do you mind if we talk about caraval and finale yeah and we've talked about the beginning of caraval in the actual episode that yeah. it starts out with letters and the first sentence is it took seven years to get the letter right and then at the end of caraval you have the letters come back around and you find that actually it wasn't scarlet letters at all that propelled what happens in the story it's actually her sister donatella's and such a great it's a great great like (laughs) great choice great twist Mm -hmm. it also then propelled us into donatella's story which picks up in legendary which we have to be thrust into her point of view and we realize that there's more to her than we've known that we've gotten a very biased perspective of her from scarlet and then like at the end from a series perspective, it shifts viewpoint at the very, very end of Caraval. And it sets up the next book, which yeah. I think is actually brilliant. But having said like how she funnels really well into each in the series, which I think she does a great job of wrapping up questions and giving yeah. new ones. My favorite part of finale is actually <laughs> that Donatella ends up leaving another letter for legend and it's this beautiful little going back to how it all started which i just thought was absolutely brilliant and delightful and it even like makes you wonder will she ever revisit the series and i'm totally here for that if she does like (laughs) i love when books mirror like when endings mirror beginnings in that way like yeah it's the like image that's similar but changed and the change like gives you that stark understanding of how far we've come at least in this case between the two characters who are writing to each other in that first part of the book to where they are now it highlights their arc Yes. Um, so well. And there's something so satisfying about flipping what's said at the beginning on its head. And I think it does that some because of the footing that they're on yeah. at the point that she's writing to him at the end. Just like we've talked a little bit about like the glove metaphor that runs throughout that book, which is just delightful how it comes back around. I think that like choice of words of like how they call each other yes. different words at different points, it shows progression and change. I think that, you know, when you look at books that do that laying of seeds that then like spring forth yeah. <laughs> different fruits, that's that's a really good one to look at. 
yeah. even from that question, question and answer and question and answer, like giving you new questions as you're yes. slowly like answering others so that you're constantly like, but wait, now I have to yes. do this. Constantly wanting more. <laughs> and she even But also not unsatisfied throughout, <laughs> you know, like you still, you get just enough answers to keep you like, oh yeah, okay. I'm here. Right, you're with it. You're there. And the unfolding of those yeah. last chapters, again, brilliantly done in how they really got to certain points in the people having different yeah. change at different times and all of a sudden being told something like it felt like it unfolded in a way that made sense but also was super satisfying she even left like this entire possible like sequel like a string of that in the book without touching it at all so i'm like she's a genius <laughs> when it comes to that <laughs> um, it's I'm hard so to do weird. that and still have readers leave right, readers satisfied yeah. I think and I think that there's something really um, special about when you can do that like you feel like a book is done and you're satisfied with it yeah. but also like there's still enough here that I would pick up another one yeah absolutely I think even like the choice he made which actually has to do with her Donatella's daughter and almost a family legacy thing where her mom made a choice that impacted her and now Donatella has to make a choice that will impact her unborn daughter. And there's something about that that was actually very thematically yes. appropriate too. Yes, absolutely. I think something that I'm thinking about as we end this though is just how important readers are to your ending especially. Mm -hmm. Just it's a, it feels like another place where beta readers feel really important because sometimes yes. as an author I don't think you can see always what is going to be satisfying to the reader and not satisfying and I think it's important to kind of hear from readers what they want in a story and how to wrap it up in a way that, that will satisfy them and uh, which doesn't always mean a happy yeah, ending absolutely you know, like there's I think there's something different between a, a book that's satisfying and a book that's happy ending and sometimes those things line, line up but not always absolutely but I do feel like it's really important I think it's important for all books to be satisfying to, at the ending to yeah. have a satisfying ending that feels well wrapped up exactly like even it, if it's open-ended <laughs> even if it's even if it's ambiguous like yes. I think the word I'm thinking is complete like yes it, yeah it doesn't have to feel like it's tied up in a pretty bow. It, it can be open so that, yeah. you know, maybe someday down the line, yeah. those story threads, but the story itself, like, should feel somewhat complete in some way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So keep reading, keep studying <laughs> endings, keep writing and um, tweaking and playing with your endings. And yeah, thanks for, for joining us. Keep sharing your work with the world. Yay.